0: Hey everyone, you are here with Brittany. I am the owner of Brittany Elliott LLC and the creator of Back to You in 5. I help mothers reconnect with themselves through self-care. I'm excited to be bringing you this Mother's Day series. We have seven mothers with us over the next seven weeks. These women come from all different backgrounds and have their own approaches to self-care. Although each woman is unique, there are many similarities in the emotions they've overcome through their motherhood journey and the way they lean on their village for support. Their stories are their own, but as a listener, I encourage you to find little pieces of yourself within them. We are starting the series off with Taylor Williams. Taylor is a wife of a first responder, mother of three beautiful children, a daughter, and a friend. She's a native of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Though she spent a good part of her youth in West Virginia attending prep school at the Lindsley School and college at Marshall University, her heart beats black and gold. Her foundation was built in Pittsburgh. She had formed everlasting friendships and laid roots there. Her passion for sales ignited while working at Steel Mill while attending college. She loved connecting with clients and building relationships. Once she graduated with a BS in speech pathology, she moved back home. She knew she had to direct that passion to her hometown of Pittsburgh. She has an enthusiastic approach to real estate and meeting future homeowners and sellers. She incorporates the latest resources available for both buyers and sellers. See, she is an agent dedicated to building relationships. She says, quote, I love this business, but most importantly, I love people. I am your tailor-made realtor end quote. let jump right into Taylor's journey. To learn more about the importance of self-care and how to incorporate it seamlessly into your life, register for my free workshop, Your Self-Care Journey, The Why, The What, and The How, at the link in the description. Okay, today we are here with Taylor Williams. Taylor is our realtor. Uh, as I've mentioned in past episodes, we bought our house right in the heat of the top of the pandemic. So we were doing our process of looking at houses like right in January, February, 2020, and then every shut everything shut down, and we had to work our way through that in. Us buying our house would not have been possible without her expertise and her kindness. And she a wife. She's a mother. She carries those roles with such grace. And I'm so happy to have her here walking us through her journey. So welcome to the podcast, Taylor. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So let's get into it. We're going to start things off with you telling us about your journey into motherhood? Wow, my journey into motherhood. Well, let me just say my journey into
1: motherhood. um, As a kid, I would say I thought it would look completely different. But um, nevertheless, I am blessed. Um, I have three wonderful children. I have one bonus child. um, And I have two small children who are four and three years old. And my bonus baby is nine. Um, Well, I met my husband in 2014 and then we dated and were engaged in june 2016 and i found out four weeks later of the the anniversary of my engagement that i was four weeks pregnant (laughs) Mm. so my introduction into motherhood came very quickly Um, I am no victim (laughs) when I say this, that, um, yes, I was on birth control, but I'm no victim to doing adult things and having children. Correct. Right. So, um, I had my son in April, 2017. He was almost five years old. He'll be five years old on Friday.
0: And then when
1: my son was eight months old, I found out I was pregnant again with my daughter. So they are 16 months apart. And, um, when I say the first few years of motherhood, um, granted I'm only almost five years in, they were um, they were tough. They were tough. Um, postpartum, being a new mother, my husband did a career change. Um, he was away for training for about six months of the pregnancy of my youngest child. So um, I was essentially a single parent for a portion, um, and then you know new marriage. All of these things, um, so I can say motherhood, the introduction to motherhood was a valley, it had peaks and valleys, but um, I'm literally so grateful for my children. Um, they have grown me in a way that I don't think I could have grown myself. Um, they've expedited some processes, but nevertheless, they are, they're they're jewels. Each one of them, they have their own personalities um, and it's wonderful to see their, see them grow and to see the world through their eyes
0: yeah and thank you for sharing that and it's so interesting Mm -hmm. because you talked about like the whole transition of your relationship and then like bam you guys had kids it was Mm -hmm. very similar for us like Uh, We weren't even (laughs) together that long and then bam, we found out that we were pregnant. Mm -hmm. And then your life just kind of starts to to move along and then you're like focusing Mm -hmm. your energy on the kids. What was that like for you? So you came into the relationship and your your husband, he had already had um a daughter, is that right?
1: Yes. She was just turned two when we met. We met in the summer of 2014. She turned to May of 2014. So, um, you know, that was new too. I just graduated from college. We were newly dating and, you know, he had a child, which I was aware of, um, and I was okay with, mm-hmm. and then we were, you know, we got married, had children. It all happened very quickly, very quickly.
0: How did you, uh, like adjust to that? Cause you came into the relationship, you knew about the child, which is great. You were already getting kind of experience with having a child mm-hmm. in your life. Did that make it a like simpler when you became a mom yourself? Like how'd that impact? I would say naively. (laughs) Um,
1: I thought, okay, I already have this, you know, this child, you know, my stepchild that um, this should be easy to have a baby, you know, we'll just be a family of four now. And it, I was not going to say completely wrong, but there were some differences of course my stepdaughter she went home with her mother for half of the week um it was 50 50. so we went from being essentially you know not part-time parents because he's a very involved father but having a child in our home only 50 percent of the time to now having a child all of the time so the things that we used to do before we had children like we would go on day dates we would you know um hey it's a random monday let's go away for a couple of days we didn't have that same um accessibility when we had our own when we had our children together
0: mm-hmm. so
1: that changed and of course you know finances change you know babies need more we have to make sure we're focusing attention to our oldest child as well making sure she's comfortable making sure she feels loved all of these things and i um, being aware of that like being completely aware of all of that and um understanding to it that was um that was some of the, some of the challenge,
0: some of the challenge. Yeah. And that makes sense. And I make it a point to ask about that. Cause I know a lot of our listeners are going through those experiences themselves, or some of them are a little bit hesitant. They are not sure how the blended family situation is going to work. And then if I have kids, like, how will that go? And I feel like a lot of times there's a lot of misinformation or maybe a lot of the, the, the drama that may come with that is out there more than than the love and the care that is actually built in that. So I think it's helpful when we hear like, more of a positive light because I feel like blended families are are really more of a common thing, but there's still like this stigma around it for some people <laughs> for whatever reason. But mm-hmm. it's it's so, so common. Funny. It's just a yeah. I came from a blended family, so. I came from a blended family, so
1: I wasn't really, like, scared, you know what I mean? Granted, I know the pitfalls that come with, that not, that come with, that can come with blended families, um, with the maturity of adults, with the, um, attention you have to pay to the child's emotions I was aware of all of that Um, I came from a blended family who had very very high peaks and we had very very lows um low lows but I was also aware of the fact that it was such a beautiful experience that I that I had um my dad remarried well my dad married my mom and my my mom and my father were never married but my dad married um, my stepmother who he was with since I can you know, since I since I can remember. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I essentially gained another mother, I gained another family, you know, I have, um, she already had a son when she came into the relationship with my father, who we were all raised like siblings. So it was very, um, it, it was very eye-opening to see see when I came into, when I created my own blended family, that we weren't going to have the same experiences. I think that was my biggest shocker that we weren't going to have identical experiences because the adults were different. The circumstances were different and having to just be okay with that. You know what I mean? And to take that, to take that ride and know it's not going to be what the life I necessarily had. Um, My daughter, she is loved. She is cared for. She has three parents and that's all that's really important to me is that she knows that she's loved by three parents and
0: you know that that's the the biggest takeaway from it absolutely so always remember for our listeners it's about the love it's about what you put into it and understanding like the point that you made you had an experience and we don't know exactly how our lives and we, just like you mentioned, like I thought motherhood was going to be different. My journey would be different than the reality. And that's okay. Like we, we think things when we're younger and we mm-hmm. dream of things, but we, we don't really know yet. We, it's not tangible yet. And then we get older and it happens and we're like, okay, this is how it is. And then we just have to work to accept it and make it the most beautiful we can in the moment. And it sounds like you did that exact thing. So I want to talk about, Mm -hmm. um, you know, common emotions, especially when we first become a mother. So like overwhelm and there could be irritability and frustration. Sometimes we get resentment toward our spouse uh, because it seems like they have this perceived freedom. And then, of course, there's exhaustion. So what has been your experience with those Mm -hmm. emotions and how have you overcome them?
1: well i want to say after my son i did the postpartum however i don't think i was it it wasn't it was a mild case you know um i was a new mom i was a stay-at-home mom of course because when we had my son i had stayed home right before that um i was laid off um about uh yeah about a year before i had my son i was laid off so um i was doing some adjusting you know i didn't get back right back into work And then, you know, got pregnant and had my son. So I had that irritability. I had that um, frustration. You know, my husband, he went to work. He enjoyed his work. You know, he came home, he would rest, he would go work out. Um, He was a very involved father. But of course, I think sometimes men have this preconceived notion that, okay, we're both new parents, but she's a mom, so she got this figured out. But in my mind, I'm like, dude, I'm figuring this out just like you. You know what I mean? Like we're figuring this out together. I don't know everything. You know, you, you've had a child before me, but you still don't know everything. So, um, going through those emotions, um, and trying to get through that, I was able to come out of it, you know, um, I was, you know, still working. Well, by that time I was a realtor. So I was, you know, doing my business and, you know, taking care of home and different things like that. And then when I got pregnant with my daughter, um, I got pregnant with my daughter. My husband literally went away to the police academy. I think I was about three months pregnant, so he was gone for six months, um, and it it was kind of it was rough. You know, we went from full transparency. We went from you know a solid you know income in my real estate to a half of an income while he was in the police academy. So you know, I'm still juggling. I have a one and. Uh, almost two year old, I'm pregnant, you know, I'm still working, try to, try to make ends meet on this end while he's focusing on the police academy. And it was rough. And then when he came home, I think he had this preconceived notion like, okay, I'm done with the academy. You know, my paychecks are about to kick in, we're about to be good. And mentally, I just was not there. Um, I was not there at all. It was a lot. Uh, when I say a lot, a lot for me, I went through some severe postpartum. And I had to collect myself. It took me some time. It took me some time when my daughter was about five months old. I went back to, sub- I went substituting for Pittsburgh Public Schools. And once I went back to work, I felt, um, I felt better. You know, I've, I've always worked multiple jobs. I've always been, you know, you know, very involved outside of my household. And I felt like my life just involved these four walls. And I was like, I don't, this isn't for me, as I thought it was. And I had to be okay with knowing that being a stay at home mom is not for everyone. You know, you have to do what works best for you. So that's how I was able to navigate these emotions. I was able to have conversations with my husband about what this looked like, you know, um, if we had to sacrifice the money we put in daycare. if we had to do that in order for me to have my mental sanity. And we had that. They went to daycare part-time, I, you know, I worked. Um, my in-laws and my grandparents, my mother helped out tremendously. And I was able to like pull myself out of that. Like my family, God, my husband, like we were able to figure that out. So to answer that as a whole, it took time. It took patience, it took prayer. And um,
0: yeah. And we made it happen. We made it happen. That is such a strong story, like a strong testimony to that situation because that that is just a natural cycle of things. Just you acknowledge that there is an issue. Something's going on. This is not working. I am not happy. Like I'm not even being present. And then you took those steps to have the conversation with your husband, like, this is what's going on, this is not going to Mm -hmm. work anymore. And then you found a way. And like you said, like, okay, well, we're gonna have to, you know, put the kids in daycare for half the time, that's going to take up some of our finances. But hey, listen, (laughs) my mental capacity is worth Mm -hmm. that investment. And then you can look at that as, you know, not money that we're losing. But what are we gaining? What am I gaining from sending them so that I can go out into the world and and get out of this box as you called it and I think that mm-hmm. sometimes we feel like you know we, we can't do that like we're asking too much if we say I don't I don't want to do this anymore like I'm I don't only want to just stay home and be with the kids I, I want to work more I want to get back to the things that I I used to enjoy, and I think sometimes that keeps us in a box because we're having the battle in our minds, and I love that you took it out of your mind, and you're talking about it, and you're asking for the help that you need. Is that usually your process? Like, when you get overwhelmed, are you always the person who goes out and asks for help and asks for what you need consistently? No,
1: I've only perfected that more recently because um i found myself being really mean you know when i did get overwhelmed or when i did get frustrated i was very mean and that wasn't fair um it just wasn't fair to my family it wasn't fair to the people around me so i had to um had to adjust that and learn how to vocalize hey this is what i need um this is how i'm feeling And this would better suit me. And while doing that, it made everyone, you know, everyone around more apt to help when they know what's actually going on. You know what I mean? So when I was able to do that, honestly, it it, it made it easier for everyone when I was like holding it in and not expressing myself, you know, I was, I was, I was miserable and I was making everyone else miserable because I wasn't vocalizing what I needed to vocalize. I've grown to say, hey, this is what I need, this is how I'm feeling, and, you know, correct myself when I'm wrong. Correct myself when I'm wrong and say, hey, this is what I need, this isn't what's happening, I apologize
0: for my behavior, but this is what's going on. Yeah. Self-awareness and mm self-accountability is so important. I hear a lot of times there, you know, with mothers who I talk to, who I work with, they feel like well, this is just how I am. And I'm just going to push through and deal with it as it is. And one point that I want to make to our listeners is that, you know, Taylor just said, I, I wasn't always like that. I wasn't always just asking for help when I needed it. But now that I do it, this is how I feel. And it really is all about taking those steps to adjust what you're feeling. So always be open, like to our listeners, always be open to the fact that that you can change and you don't have to accept yourself if you feel like who you are becoming is not the person that you want to be if you are feeling like you're being mean if you're always irritated if just there's all this pressure when you wake up in the morning instead of talking about you know what is causing that externally you know look look within like look within and see how you can make those changes and you mentioned you were a realtor at the time. Was that you becoming a realtor, was that a result of you, like you said, you got laid off and then did you become a realtor after or did you always have your real estate license?
1: So when I was, um, before I got laid off, I took my real estate classes and it was, I took my real estate classes and it was a little bit after that I went and actually took the test I didn't pass the first time I passed a portion of it the first time I had to go back and take the other portion and um, I took that portion of the test and I was still working there and then it was when I got laid off I'm like okay now here's the time to kind of you know put all your eggs in one basket and go for this And in the beginning, it didn't go um, as I thought it would, because the real estate business is something that is so multifaceted. It takes, it's truly, you have to, what you put into your business is what you get out. And just the place I was in, I didn't, I wasn't, I'm not going to say I wasn't fully committed, but I was unaware of what that commitment looked like. And um, I was doing it. um, It was was extra income, but there's a lot of fees associated with holding your real estate license. So yeah, I was making a little bit of money. But um, I wasn't fully prepared or aware of what came with that. So after I got laid off, and I was like, Okay, let's go for this. But then I pregnant, you know, a lot of things changed. It was like, okay, I'm hopping into real estate. And then I literally got pregnant, got married, got a house, bought a house. And my whole life changed whole life changed. And that was tough. That was tough. Um, Not looking back at it. It was tough because I was unaware of that. That was probably the first time as a mother where I thought, okay, now I wasn't a mother yet, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then motherhood came and I realized, okay, wait, yes, you can focus on you, but not as much as you thought, because now you have another responsibility. Now you have another responsibility of a child in a home and you're a wife. And I didn't think I could necessarily do it all. And granted, I'm managing to do it all now, but when you know better, you do better, you know, Um, because now I'm able to vocalize how I'm feeling. Now I'm able to vocalize, Hey, this isn't working out. Can you help me out with this? Um, Early on in my marriage, I thought I had to carry everything. Like the household was my domain. I had to carry this whole entire household. And once I removed that thought and that stigma, Um, and my husband and I reevaluated our roles,
0: it was so much easier. It was so much easier. Just hearing that, I'm like, yeah, that's just, that's just so familiar. (laughs) You do have to reevaluate
1: your Mm -hmm. roles. And I was
0: listening, like, my journey wasn't the exact same, but everything you're saying, I'm like, I, I get that. Like, I have felt that. I know Mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying without even know all the ins and outs. And I think that's something that's a special part of being a mother is like communicating those things without getting into the nitty gritty with another mother. And you're just like, I see you, like Uh I see you, I get that. I appreciate you for, you know, reevaluating your roles and understanding like I I was kind of boxing myself in or putting a lot on myself and I gotta be like, wait, wait a minute. (laughs) It's not going to work. Yes. Wait. It's not going to work. And so much has changed in the way that you are. It looks to me like how you're managing your your business now and the content that I see on social media and just how you're being open and sharing your life, like my life as a realtor and as a mom and being on the go. Can you tell us a little bit about how being a mother impacts how you manage, manage your real estate business? Um, absolutely, and
1: I can say this that more recently. When I say more recently, I mean like in the last couple of days. Um, I realized I've been w- I've been putting a lot into my business, a lot, a lot, a lot into my business, and I'm not going to say I've been neg- I haven't been neglecting my children, but that has been like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this because I had to check. I had to you know check in with myself, and the reason why I was doing this because I feel like. I need to accomplish something. I think we look at, okay, I'm, I just turned 30 years old. You know, my husband has his career. Um, you know, this is a time now for me to shine with my real estate because my children are getting older. They're going to school. Like this is my time. And I had to realize like when you, yes, you can prioritize your business. You can want to be all of these things, but I, ha- I wasn't prioritizing my spiritual life. Um, I wasn't prioritizing, you know, just the little things with my children, you know, because I was so up on the go. This market is crazy. You know, a house can't, a house is off the market in days, not like hours sometimes. So I'm like ripping and running. They're coming with me. They're going to showings with me. And it wasn't until this past weekend where I didn't do any showings on a Saturday. And, you know, I was just at home with my kids, you know, we're watching TV, we're playing games. And I'm like, wow, like I've really been so knee deep in my business that I haven't, you know, looked at the small things, you know, although yes, you know, as a woman, I contribute to my household, um, And I, and you know, that's what my business does. It contributes to my household. It gives my children experiences, extracurricular activities, and that income is needed. But at the same time, my children also need a present mother. And I'm not saying that I am neglecting my business. It's just saying I'm prioritizing things that are important to me, which is my business and my children and making sure they're both getting the necessary attention that they need. And yes, sometimes things are going to lack, some things are going to fall by the wayside, but Knowing that, okay, they're my priority. My business is also my priority, but the reason I'm doing my business is because of them and my family. And I love helping people find homes. I love pe- helping people sell their homes and move to new chapters. But just prioritizing, okay, your spiritual life is very important to you. When you throw that by the wayside, your mental health comes into comes into the balance. Um, you know, when you're not parting time time with your children, you're missing out on the small things. So. Uh, this is what I did that p- this past week. And I did that, you know, you know, thinking about, okay, I need to also work out. I haven't worked out like, and I know myself, like, um, I know what I have to do. I'm very, I have, I have a strong self-awareness. So managing those things this past week and really putting things into perspective has been really helpful. And that, that's where I am. Like motherhood, sometimes my kids have to go to showings with me. You know, sometimes I'm dropping them off at school and literally running to a showing, coming home. Um, thinking about okay what am I going to start for dinner while I'm cooking dinner I'm sitting here looking up doing searches for clients, um, prospecting new clients all of these things so um, yeah that that's that's what it looks like being a realtor mom that's what it looks like
0: and you're still working actively it sounds like day by day or week by week to find the balance in you know all the passions that you have. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. And as just like being one of your clients, you are so passionate and you are so knowledgeable. And and when we're passionate about things, it is hard to put them down. <laughs> it's hard. And so oh, it is. Just seeing like you saying that, like you know, I I slowed down and I was present with the kids and. I just was in the moment and now I'm going to make sure that I do better at, at balancing that. I think that's just so real. I feel like as a mother, I don't hear enough mothers, you know, saying that it's like, I may look like I'm showing up strong, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about, okay, what, what, what am I missing (laughs) by being here? What am I missing? You know, when I'm with my kids and I think that it is about being, being present or do you feel that a lot?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I also think sometimes I, I felt guilty um, because I remember one day, like, I have a lot of self-talk. <laughs> I think it comes from, you know, I'm being the only child, when my mother's the only child, I do have siblings um, who I love dearly. But I think it comes from, like I said, I have a lot of self-talk. And one day I remember saying out loud to myself, like, being a mother for me just isn't enough. And I remember, like, this sense of guilt came over me, like, no, your children are supposed to be, you know, the most precious thing in the world. You're supposed to give everything up for them. I'm like, no, my children mean the world to me, and I love them. Like, I I can't even explain my love for them. But my role as a mother is not enough self-fulfillment for me. It's not. Um, And being okay with that. And I'm like, I said, that's not saying I don't love my children, but... Knowing who Taylor is and what Taylor loves and what Taylor enjoys is also very important to me. I enjoy working. I enjoy painting. I enjoy stationery. Um, I love writing. I, l- I love stationery. I love journaling. And those things are important to me as well. Just because I'm a mother doesn't mean all of a sudden I have these children now and nothing else matters. Th- that's not realistic. So um, I remember being okay with that. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm okay with saying that. I love you guys. I love my children. But knowing who Taylor is and what Taylor enjoys and stuff like that is also very important to me. And I can't give you my best if I'm not my best. And being okay with that.
0: And that is the key part to it, is the being okay with it part and knowing yourself and deciding that. You're going to do all of the things that you want to do. Like, I'm going to be a great mother. I'm still going to show up for, you know, my hobbies. I'm still going to make sure that I'm prioritizing, you know, my spirituality. I'm still going to make sure that I'm showing up in my business. And that is what I try to get across in my approach to self-care. So the motto of Back to You in 5 is essentially self-care is more about the decisions we make than the activities we do um so what has been your approach to self-care and how do you fit it into your routine
1: um well self-care i think looks a little different for me um self-care sometimes is literally just riding in my car or listening to my own music if you look at my instagram i have my car karaoke it's just me like i love i love to sing i love to listen to my favorite music and sing at the top of my lungs like that's what i do sometimes when my children are in the car like you know on my way to my appointments that's what i'm doing Um, of course i get my nails done i get my eyelashes done but to be completely honest with me those aren't times of like self-care necessarily but they are more times where you know i have a consumer-facing business so i have to be presentable so those are more things that i do because i feel like you know my nails my lashes i can do my own makeup I can dress presentable but those are things that I do more so for the upkeep of my business and just you know the upkeep of myself but I can't say when I go to the when I go get my nails and I go get my eyelashes done but I feel like oh my gosh I'm relaxed this is me time when I'm getting my eyelashes done I'm usually sleeping <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I put my phone on do not disturb if I can <laughs> if I can because with real estate your phone doesn't stop and you have to be present Um, but in getting my nails done, I just try to hurry up and do that really quickly. It's not really a matter of, okay, this is self-care, but car karaoke. Um, I like to skate. My husband got me some skates for my birthday. I'm like, okay, this is what I'll do. Sometimes when I want to go work out, I'll go skate, um, instead of going to the gym. Um, so that's what I consider self-care and sometimes self-care for me. Sometimes guess what? I'm coming home and I'm taking a nap. I'm taking a nap when I drop those kids off, and that's my self-care for the day. Sometimes self-care is, okay, it's Friday, I'm going to happy hour, right? Sometimes self-care is on Friday, it's Friday, I'm going to happy hour, maybe by myself or with my friends. Um, my husband and I make sure we prioritize a date night, whether it's in the house or, you know, out. Wednesdays, our, our children go to activity, so we kind of have that time together every other week. Um, so we'll go on a quick date while they're at, you know, their church activity. Um, literally yesterday our kids were gone the two youngest were gone the oldest was here but she's at that age where you know she hanged out in her room on her phone and things like that mm-hmm. and he was like, hey come here for a second and I'm like in my mind I'm like what do you want I had a good dinner right <laughs> but he was like come here lay with me right and we literally we took a nap for two hours and dinner was late but I didn't care because I woke up and I was like oh that felt amazing we literally we were talking and the next thing you know I woke up it was two hours later and that nap was amazing. And dinner was dinner was a little late, but he ate dinner before we he went to work. The kids gotten a bit a little late, but guess what? I was rested and it felt good.
0: Yeah. It felt good. And that was the same, like for me when I like that was my aha moment with self care, like on my self care journey when I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> self care isn't going to the spa. Not all the time. Like, it is sometimes. that. Sometimes that's your self-care. You know, It's but it's not always a mani-pedi. It's not always that trip that you take. More often it is taking a nap and, like you said, like, your car karaoke. I take time to just, you know, read or just to, like, sit down and say, I'm not doing any like, chores or household tasks right now. I'm just going to sit with myself and be present. I'll cuddle up with my husband because it was, like, Getting my nails done and, and going to get massages very, very often became like chores. They were like burdens. And I realized I was there, just like, okay, let me get yeah. this done mm-hmm. so I can go to the next thing. And I'm like, well, if I'm not enjoying this, how can I really enjoy this personally? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can I call it self-care if I'm doing something I don't enjoy? <laughs> so so it's just I think it's a reframing our minds and for our listeners. Think about that like as you approach your, your self-care. It doesn't have to be those big things. Like it's the little things. It's <laughs> carpool karaoke. <laughs> it's, it's just that. Yep. It's just that. That's what it is. I like to, in the summertime, hopefully it's going to get warm here pretty soon, but I like to just go, you know, sit in the backyard, get a glass of wine, put on some music. Sometimes I'll just listen to the birds chirp. And just, like, be out there in nature for a little bit. It just feeds my soul mm-hmm. in such a way. And even if I do it for five minutes, ten minutes, I'm like, yeah, that, that was my, you know, self-care for the day. Self-care is about yourself. It's about what you individually like to do and what fulfills you in those ways. So I love that you walked us through that. I think every mom should do that. Agreed. Just try something, every like, every day every couple of days, once a week, just find something that brings you like those moments of joy and just do it with your whole heart and your whole soul. And you'll start to feel it. You'll start to turn that corner, like, you know, from overwhelm and from the frustration and you'll start to you know, get back to yourself and be like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is me. These are the things that make me happy. And also your kids make you happy. And also your spouse makes you happy. And also your job makes you happy. Like we're multifaceted people. And it's like, we never get a chance to adjust. Like before we had children, we were doing all these things. We would take naps. We would skip chores and be okay with it. And then as soon as we become a mother, for some Mm -hmm. reason, we don't give ourselves an inch. We just like tighten it up and why why do we do that and I think it's more so I mean we
1: have we have social media we have family expectations we have what we think motherhood looks like and motherhood is completely different than what our what our mothers did I'm sorry it looks different now um it used to take one house one income to withstand a house household now it's like I mean not saying that I can't and you know if you minimize something, but to raise a family, we have three children. You know, extracurricular activities, just getting back and forth to school, like all the nuances of it. It it takes it takes two incomes. You know, at one point, it it's probably not going to take us two incomes, but people have to work. You know, motherhood looks different. Whereas, you know, I feel like my grandma, she spent a lot. She was a stay at home mom for a good portion until her kids were like in middle school and high school. But it, you know, it looks different. So. Spending time with your children looks different now. And I feel like in 2022, sometimes my kids get in the car and say, mom, let's listen to music. So we're, we're singing, nobody talks about Bruno at the top of our lungs. That, that's what they want to do. That's what, you know, that's what they enjoy. So that's what spending time with my children looks like some days. Sometimes spending time with my children looks like me sitting in the living room on the couch with them while they ask me a million questions and play with toys. And I have to be interested. Do I want to be there sometimes? No, but that's what motherhood looks like for me some days. So I think us just really taking a look at what does motherhood look like for you and what are you comfortable with and forgetting how anybody else feels, you know, or the expectations. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. And it takes time. It takes time to get to there. It takes
0: time to say, I really don't care how anybody feels. This is what I'm doing. Yes, that that is it. It's having patience mm-hmm. with yourself. It's being OK and understanding that it is going to take time. And it it is just saying I don't care. I don't care what people think about me, which is very, very difficult, especially if you are a people pleaser or if you've lived most of your life really caring about what other people think. It's hard. It is very, very difficult. So to our listeners, we get it. It is going to be a process. We're not saying (laughs) you're going to wake up tomorrow after hearing us talk and say, oh, yeah, I got this. Like, I, I got this now. I'm going to be setting my intentions. I'm going to be living my best life and I'm just not going to be overwhelmed anymore. That's not realistic but it's just about understanding what's going on and giving yourself permission to feel the way that you do and giving yourself permission to accept motherhood as it is for you and know that the real people in your life, the people who are not just trolling on social media they're going to love you for it and you're going to love yourself which is the Mm -hmm. highest form of grace. Um, And you talked about this a little bit earlier, Taylor, but I wanted to take a little bit of a dive into it. Um, Can you give us more about like what challenges you've had as a mother and, you know, what's pushed you through overcoming those challenges? Um,
1: I will, like I said, the the biggest challenge was postpartum. Um, But what pushed me through them was my faith, Um, my faith, my family, and the friendships that I've built um, have really pushed me through those. Um, and self-awareness. Um, I've been going to therapy since I've been a teenager. Um, so, you know, being self-aware of myself and my circumstances, and honestly, to just be real, sometimes just not playing a victim to your circumstances. Sometimes you gotta say, okay, look here, I only got in a situation by, my, by myself but I'm gonna need help to get out of it. And I don't need judgmental people in that space. So if you can help me, great. If you can't, I need you out of my space. Um, and that's how I was able to get them. I have a wonderful support, my in-laws, my parents, me, my dad, my stepmom, my mom, my grandparents. I um, have a wonderful village when it comes to our children um, that I'm able to be open with them about any challenges I have in regards to child rearing and them helping me um, and stepping in with picking up from school. If my schedule changes with real estate, sometimes I get stuck on a showing or you know, I have to offer due by a certain time. They're there to step in. So I'm grateful for that. I don't think if I had that, I would have been able to bounce back from the challenges that I've had. Um, so I'm forever grateful for them. And like I said, my faith in just being self-aware, saying sometimes like, hey, you probably need to go to therapy to try to you know, get an unbiased opinion on how to work this out. Or you probably just go exercise because now you're binge eating. And why are you binge eating? Let's figure it out why you're doing this because people just don't start binge eating overnight. You know, um, what emotions are you feeling? Um, let's figure this out, Taylor. And I, like I said, I have a lot of self-talk with myself. Um, but once I get there, it's easy. Once you like start, I always say, once you get on the bike and you start pedaling a little bit, things make a little bit more sense. Um, I'm not saying that you're not gonna have valleys. Um, like I said, this, this honestly, since daylight saving time started, it's been really rough. Um, it's been rough just trying to, um, I feel like I'm waking up later. Um, I haven't had the urge to get out of bed. I've been dealing with, like I said, I haven't had the urge to want to create content for my business. Like I've literally just been doing the things I have to do to keep my business, you know, thriving. You know, I've been ta- contacting clients, but I haven't been showing my face on my social. And it's been more so, I just haven't been there and being okay with that and knowing that, okay, if your followers decrease, so what? If you know, if your engagement decreases, so what? Like, you have to go through this. And I had to come to that understanding yesterday, like, okay, you're not there, but tomorrow things may be different. If they're not, sit in that space and try to figure out why they're not different and go from there. So, this morning after I dropped my kids off, I went to the gym. Um, I only had a short time frame, but um, I went to the gym, you know, I came back, we're doing this and it's like, okay, now I feel like my day is like, you know, panning out a little better. And the key thing for me is just focusing on the day. Um, I'm a very goal-oriented, goal oriented, goal oriented person. I'm always looking for it. Like, okay, this is what we're doing next week. Or my husband tells me all the time, like, you have to sit in the moment and I'm just not a moment person, but I'm learning that sometimes you have to sit in the moment to not overwhelm yourself so today I went to the gym today this is what I'm going to do today this is what I'm going to focus on and I worry about tomorrow morning when I wake up because that's the way to keep myself in my area of tolerance so I'm not overwhelmed that's 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 not the best way for me to honestly just worry about the
0: day worry about the day I love that I just been writing down it's like <laughs> everything there's a lot of, I'm always tracking like patterns and it's like th- a lot of Fs so it's faith family friendships focus on the day and then self-awareness and I just think mm-hmm. that's it's it's so beautiful because it's simple and simple doesn't mean that it's easy but since it's simple you can just you know remember those things and just keep that in your line of thought just you know, focus on the day that, that is simple enough focus on the day be present do the best that you can today hopefully we get another chance tomorrow you know if we open our eyes tomorrow that's another chance you'll mm-hmm. you'll get it right again and so that can help us to not be so hard on ourselves right now we're all doing Absolutely. you know the best that we can do and you've talked a lot about how you realized you know it it wasn't just motherhood you didn't want that to just be your thing you wanted you wanted other things because you weren't fulfilled in that way so how do you maintain your understanding that you are not just a mother and you make sure that you're not being reduced to being just a mother
1: um I would say it's a daily thing um just reconnecting with myself on things that I enjoy um, And that may be, like I said, there's some days I want to get dressed and put my makeup on. And then there's some days I don't feel like it. And I don't. And I don't. Um, I enjoy my face bare. I enjoy my face with a beat face. Um, so honestly, that's sometimes I'm like, okay, guess what? Today is going to start with a shower first thing in the morning. And I'm going to shower. After I showered last night, I'm still going to shower again. And I'm going to get up, I'm going to get dressed and I'll put some clothes on. And even though I don't have showings until later, this is what I'm going to do right now, because this makes me feel good right now. And this is not concerning anyone else but Taylor. My skincare routine is important to me. That's how, you know, I'll go in the bathroom at night and say, hey, mommy needs 20 minutes. I need y'all to watch TV in your room. Um, if you don't have to use the restroom, I need you to let me be. And that's how I'm able to remove myself of just being a mother,
0: you know? And you're setting those boundaries, you know, with your kids in real time. And when you need that Mm -hmm. space and, and they, I, our kids learn that, you know, from us, like setting boundaries I think some people feel bad. Like I always have to be available to my kids all the time. If I'm not available, then, you know, they're going to think that I'm neglecting them. And that's really, you know, not the case. Our kids are, are people. They're just little humans and they're learning how to present themselves to the world and how to work in the world and in the real world. We don't just let ourselves be available to everybody all the time. We can't do that. And so setting boundaries for ourselves with our children teaches them to set boundaries with other people. And I think that's a healthy thing to to teach our children. And that's a healthy thing that they need to learn to do is to respect mm-hmm. our boundaries. So I love that you do that. I'm a fan. And, and,
1: and I've also been teaching them. Oh, well, thank you. I've also been teaching them to set boundaries with each other. Um, They are very close in age, only 16 months apart. So they spend a lot of time together. They still share a room. They don't go to the same classroom. I made that a priority. That I didn't because I wanted them to have some separation. Um, You know, I wanted them to have that separation, but I'm also like when they're fighting and they're like, you know, they're going back and forth. I remind them like you guys, can say I need some space you guys don't have to share each other's space all the time say you need some space so now I feel good when I hear them say Trey I need some space or Maya I really need some space right now
0: and you give them the confidence to to do that and they they practice at home and then they Mm -hmm. practice that in the world I that to me is just really understanding your assignment as a mother I think that's the best way that I can say that because that's how it feels just making sure that you're setting your mm-hmm. kids up for success and just like you made it a point that they're not in the classroom together all day because you know they're with each other all the time I mean just taking that time mm-hmm. and think about like what's best for you what's best for your kids like what do my kids need just being so in in tune with them that, that's just so special and I think as a mother like sometimes I always question like am I Am I connecting with her? Do I understand what, what Bristol needs right now and like kind of focusing in that? And when I do make a decision to, you know, prioritize her needs, I just feel like, man, I'm getting this. I'm getting this, <laughs> this motherhood thing. So I, I appreciate you for doing that. And I know that they appreciate you for doing that. And I think that's beautiful. And I hope that all of our listeners listen to this back because Taylor is being, so real and this is so refreshing to hear a mother just saying these things like I need to hear it I know our listeners really need to hear it so thank you for being so real in this conversation um we're gonna wrap it up with one last question what has being a mother taught you about yourself
1: being a mother has taught me how to give myself grace and truly apologize um it has taught me so much. I have very intuitive children who ask questions, who are aware of their feelings and their self-awareness. So I think my self-awareness gives them great self-awareness. And it has taught me how to truly apologize, slow down, and honor who they are. That has that has taught me. Um, that was what I learned so much about being a mother, about myself, and also to teach my children um, to just slow down um, and to truly apologize my children will say mommy when you said that to me that hurt my feelings and even though i may have been in the space to do things to them having to say you're right and i apologize i shouldn't have done that to you do you forgive me and and leaving that to them to examine if they want to forgive me or not if they want to stay there but honoring how they feel and honestly that has taught me so much so, so much that honoring these, these little people, even though they're little people, but honoring how they feel.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for just sharing with us and being here. I know you're very busy. Your time is very valuable and I appreciate you being here. I know that our listeners got a lot from this. Play this back. get all the gems that Taylor has laid out for us. Um, And I appreciate everybody for being here and listening. And I will talk to everyone very, very soon. To learn more about Back to You in 5, visit backtoyoun5.com or follow at 5 on Instagram, where you'll find self-care tips and strategies. Remember, motherhood is a journey, not a destination.